0: Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Hello again, fellow basement dwellers. This is your good friend Patrick O'Dowd, welcoming you into another edition of Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. We have a Marvel centric show for you all today. I'm very, very excited. A chock full-loaded episode of Loki. Three quarters of the panel today has already seen Black Widow, and we are going to talk a little bit about Black Widow as well before we get into the back half of the show, where we're going to talk about some things that happened at WitcherCon. few more trailers at the trailer park. It's going to be a good time. But first, before we get into all of that, let me bring in our panel our whole bandwagon is here this week i'm very excited first we've got the lawyer david ungar dave how are you today welcome back to the bandwagon wait part of your double dose monday of david and Patrick.
1: we're not focusing on dc today i'm out see you guys later man no i'm doing i mean that's fine (laughs) if you and Tony want to talk about season seven of the
0: flash like i'll leave the show i'm gonna be
1: I'm going to be out next week for the finale of Loki. So I, I got to get in all I can this wait, week.
0: Wait, David Ungar is going to miss an episode I'm gonna of I'm going to be
1: in Disneyland next Sunday. So oh,
0: scouting right. out well, Avengers Campus. I finally, I, do I finally get my Spider-Bot? Yes. Is that what I just heard there? That's, that's what you, you heard. You heard it here, everybody. <laughs> Tony, you heard it. TPC Tunny, live studio audience. I'm getting my Spider-Bot. You heard it. Put it I out am of hands. not a witness. Well, how are you today, man? Welcome, welcome back to the bandwagon.
1: I, I'm doing well. I'm just trying oh, to. Oh, that was uh, for, that was for Tony. Oh, I already was, welcomed. Oh, I'm just I'm just saying, Tony. I think you need to come out here to California and watch the asphalt melt today because it's ugly.
2: No, oh, I'm good. I had a nice morning round of golf. Uh, happy birthday to Ray Cash, and uh, yeah, you know, bandwagon nerd style. Let's do it.
0: And speaking of which, that's right, the Reverend Ray Cash is here. We are recording on his birthday. Happy birthday, Ray. Welcome to the bandwagon. Appreciate the dedication. Coming to the show on on your day of days, sir.
3: Appreciate that, man. It's, you know, this is one of the highlights of my week. A lot okay. to talk about. A lot of Marvel stuff. I know it's pretty sad, isn't it? This is my highlight of my week.
0: No, we're the highlight of a lot of people's week. Oh, we man. are in the it's best okay. part of Monday. Only,
2: only Patrick bails on his birthday when we record.
3: That's
0: yeah, true. I, it's my day, damn it.
3: <laughs> no, I'm happy to be here, I, man. I'm I'm very glad. I, so
0: I will truly admit, if if anybody bails on the bandwagon, it, it's it's Patrick O'Dowd. Like I've easily missed the most amount of shows. <laughs> On this podcast, like <laughs> I gotta think, hey, we're coming up on August. I'm about to I'm about to bail again because we're getting ready to to open up the school, and that means I gotta go.
1: Hashtag so, no fucks given, Ray. There you go. Clearly, you no. Know, I right? care about the
0: show, but like, I I I, I gotta pay my bills, kind of support a family. The little O'Dowd needs to be able to afford his his subscriptions on his Kindle and Nintendo Switch. So, like, I have a duty. I'm the you gotta roll.
2: You got to roll like evil Knievel. He had, like, a big bingo drum, and he would put all his bills in there, and once a month he would just roll it and pick one out. Then he would pay <laughs> one month. And then when they'd send him too many letters, he'd say, well, if you keep sending me these nasty letters, I'm just going to take your bill out of the drum altogether.
0: <laughs> I mean, you do what you got to do. It makes a lot of sense to me. I I, I see no fall and flaw in the system. Financially.
2: Financial advice from Evil Knievel. Now back to the show. There
0: you go. And and everyone should take their advice from a man who leapt over canyons and, you know, through rings of out fire. The cannon. Yeah. Stuff, stuff like that. So clearly a place to get sound financial advice. All right. So like I said, today we're going to spend the first half of the show talking a lot of Marvel stuff. Loki season five, Black Widow. But before our season five, episode five, we have not gotten to five seasons of Loki. Take a drink, everyone. Patrick's already messed up five minutes into the show. There you go. Lift them high. Uh, but before we get into talking, let's cue the music and get ourselves geared up. All right. Loved this episode. Actually made me feel better about what I said last week about this being my favorite MCU show of the three so far. But uh, we're going to talk about all of all of like the events of the episode itself. But I can't think of and this is saying a lot coming from a Marvel product. Name anything with more Easter eggs than what we saw on this week's episode uh, of Loki. Because because it's the, 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 there's so many that I, like I literally lost track and I've got a few favorites, but man, they're everywhere. And there's a lot of and there's a lot of clues hitting you over the head as to who the big bad is, though. I, I do like that Dave threw a, a, a second theory out there. He's wrong, but it's OK. Um, But yeah, Ray, we'll start with you as the birthday boy. What do you think of the episode? And do you have a favorite Easter egg that popped up in this in this episode?
3: For the record, you're right. I think the only thing that could compare is the collector's office because of all the things. But yeah, by far, Um, my favorite Easter egg was probably Frog Thor in the ground. Oh, yeah, because that was it was it was such an unexpected thing to see Um, or the Thanos copter. One of the two. Those are probably the two that stood out to me. Love the episode. I like epi- I love episodes that further a story and get to kind of a, a penultimate moment. Um, the cons- We knew the Council of Lokis was going to be dope. Um, it was really cool to see how they all originally come from the same place, but they all get to different points based on what they did in their variancy. Um, like, just... Listening to um classic Loki, I was gonna call him Old Loki, same thing, and how he explained what happened with him and all this and that. I thought that was really cool to just kind of see where they all how they all differed, um, even though they come from eventually originally the same place and how they all have changed their thought process of things. It's cool that the kid was in charge because he's the only one that could kill Thor, like stuff like that was really cool to me, man. I and we I, Let's get it. I want to. I know we're going to get into everything specifically, but there was like two or three moments that like touched me in this in this episode, not too dissimilar from like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, because there's just some really great moments I think that were in this episode.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do think we'll probably hit on a couple of those as we as we get through uh, the specifics. Tony, your overall thoughts on the episode, and did you? Did you have any particular Easter eggs that stood out to you? Uh, you know,
2: I I enjoyed the episode. I think we're building towards something really special here, especially at the end there. I enjoyed that. Um, I'm sure we're going to talk about that. So maybe that, that's a, maybe one of my favorite things was the big reveal at the end. Um, it It is, I think the series has moved itself into f- first place with this episode, in my opinion. You know, you talk about it and this kind of... The, the you know like Grace said the penultimate episode here because this is just going to be a six part series it's a six part movie again and I love it and I can't wait to talk about what we're going to talk about down the road here today but yeah I I'm just captivated by it uh, the the Loki character and and all the different iterations that you see really it's just a message to people that you can you can turn your life into whatever you want it's just it's up to you how you live it right.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Dave, to you, overarching view and an Easter egg or two that you may have enjoyed.
1: Um, You guys kind of hit on the Easter eggs that I was I was focused in on. So I didn't really I and I didn't notice a whole bunch of them until I went back and read some of the stuff uh, online and things. I mean, I I noticed a few of them, of course, but I I mean, classic Loki was uh, that that Loki outfit. That was that was really (laughs) That was throwing back to the old days. That's for sure. Um, I I like that. It says I think that, and I would kind of tend to agree that Loki. This episode made me a believer in what you said last week, Pat. That this one kind of pushed it ahead of Falcon and Winter, or at least even with Falcon and Winter Soldier. And again, they are very distinctly different series. You know, I mean, you you got the cosmic element versus a street level, which we've been harping on for. A year and a half now as far as marvel and that carries forward with black widow as well um but yeah I, it was it was a really cool episode it was um it was very interesting to see the development of the relationship with with loki with sylvie with loki with mobius and and just kind of the void in all of its glory and uh whatever the dragon aliath is that with the dragon we're going to talk about that but Eli- it was, it was yeah, a really have- really cool episode um and yeah of course the stuff at the end which leads to a lot of wild speculation, that's for sure.
0: See, I don't think it leads to a lot of wild speculation, but that's okay. I like that you wildly speculate. You know who I wish was on this episode of Bandwagon Nerds just so that I could talk about one specific Easter egg? Simon, and the God of hairdoes. No, the scientist himself. DPP. Oh, DPP. Because one of, the nice, one of the fun little Easter eggs uh, is the arcade cabinet standing mm-hmm. up in the background of the bowling alley for poly Bias, which is a, a, an urban legend of an alleged video game that existed, but either, I think either caused seizures or something and mind, alleged, control, huh? mind control that allegedly was in arcades for like a month and then mysteriously disappeared. And in the land of the MCU, it's because it was pruned. It is now secretly hiding away in the the uh, end of time, as it's called here in the episode. Kid Loki drinking Ecto Cooler High C w- was another nice little like touch, like just this random pop culture touchstone from the '90s. And l- I got two more: the the yellow jacket helmet. That is, mm-hmm. you, you talked about the Thanos helmet. There's a giant yellow jacket helmet that pops up um, while they're walking through the void. And then last but not least, the title of the episode itself um, is called Journey into Mystery, which is the title of the first appearance of Loki in the Thor comics. And so just a fun nod, something for eagle-eyed fans to check out. Some great, you know, some nice Easter eggs. The majority of this episode is is taking taken place in this void, this end of time, whatever you want to call it. We do have to get Sylvie there. Uh, so our, our recap really, you know, we, we get a brief opening of what happened before and then we actually start with. Loki, right where we left off with the Louis Stray, with Loki waking up, with boastful Loki, classic Loki, child Loki, and everybody's new favorite Loki, alligator Loki. He already has a Funko pop out, y'all. And not going to lie, the little O'Dowd was like, I must have it. And so I have taught him the joy of greed and capitalism and collecting things. And and he wants to add alligator Loki to his collection. However, uh, we get a quick a uh, quick description description of Eliath, where they are before we then cut back to Sylvie and the tva um having a confrontation with i always get her name wrong can somebody pronounce it properly Ravonna. for me ravana where ravana is trying to to stall for time using misminutes uh talking about this end of time thing this mysterious ship that'll get her there Sylvie buys it for a brief second when backup comes, Sylvie eventually just prunes herself and puts herself in the void, where she's then picked up by Mobius, and we then we then cut away to where we have Loki with the with the other Loki's and him getting a sense of the world and, and really only has Sylvie on his mind. Uh, let's start with uh let's start with Alioth. Giant cloud creature, Dave, you already picked up the microphone. What's your thoughts on a life?
1: Well, anytime you say giant cloud creature, it gives me painful flashbacks to Galactus in the Fantastic Four movie. (laughs) That movie
0: doesn't exist, and you should just forget about it. It's not real.
1: Okay. Uh, You know, giant cloud creature, they did did pretty well with this. This cloud creature, unlike the other one that doesn't exist, actually uh, had some teeth to it, literally looked a little menacing, was certainly a formidable um, barrier to get through him to get to whoever really created the TVA. So as far as a gatekeeper and what they had to do to overcome that and to get through it, fine. I, I, thought, it, I thought it was effective. It, it did a good job. You know, no one had ever stood up to it before. Um, you know, And any time you've got something that's undefeated, it, it raises the stakes and uh, makes that moment when they are finally defeated even more important. So I I liked it. I'm not sure what they could have done differently. I mean, you can't bring back the devil's anus for every freaking MCU thing. You might as well just uh, have a giant cloud creature. Good stuff. Yeah, thanks, Tony.
0: Which, it, I mean, it, it is a legitimate car- character from comics, too. It's not like they just pulled cloud creature out of the air and were like, oh, look, Goliath.
1: crowd cloud creature out of the devil's anus. said, here you go. So, no. Stop anyway. it.
2: It's, why, why are you... They, even- they, they, Listen, they continue to deliver video games for this, right? Is That's like the second last boss is Eliath, right? Until, you know, Sylvie teaches Loki how to walk with Eliath And then they kind of... um, Oh, God. They... they, That was really good. That (laughs) was... That was your birthday present, Ray. Ray, that was your birthday present. That joke that was your birthday present. You're welcome. Thank Best you. joke. Best present that. you get all, so all day. Uh, wow. But the fact that Loki realizes that everything he's seen every one of these other Lokis do, he's capable of, right? Considering that he is able to learn or, you know, enable himself to use the power of enchantment with Sylvie.
0: Very, very much so. We got to you go. Know, go ahead, Ray. I'll,
2: oh,
3: I thought you
0: were I'll, about to talk. I'm sorry. I thought I cut you.
2: No, go ahead. Yeah. Um, Still catching his breath from that walk with Elias joke. That was
3: that, uh, just going to be – Dead, So good. Of
2: Especially since um, Patrick doesn't like it, I know it's good.
0: Oh, God. Here we go. Here we go. Um, I hate you guys <laughs> so much. Anyway. Yeah, I – I loved its introduction. I loved watching it just sort of wipe things out right away. Uh, I love the, and we'll get to that. We'll get to kind of the, the, the big moments towards the end. Cause it's interesting how intertwined, like all of this is like Loki as a character and really the, the, the coming to a new level of, of power in the MCU through this battle with Eliath. Um, and the other Loki's, and that 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 line that Loki delivers, where he says, "I think we're strong," uh, you know, we may be stronger than we think we are, or that something something to that effect. Like, um, where it's really like there seems to be something to the the like sort of self defeating attitude of Loki that that changes in this episode, and it comes through this battle of Eliath, and between Elioth as as a foe. And Sylvie, you have a pair of catalysts that push hard Loki, Loki 1100, whatever it is, to to a new height. And and he comes out of this episode at the end with a new power and a new weapon at his fingertips that we haven't seen him use yet. Um, That sword that I I think is going to is going to be important as well. And so for me, I think it was a terrific way. And it also allows you to jump into. A little bit more speculation as to who the big bad is. Ray, your thoughts on Elioth?
3: Well, to get to speak to your what you just said just there, we all we owe all of that to Sylvie. I think it's yep. really important that we. I, I think the reason why it's so pertinent is because all watch the episode and you listen to all of them kind of explain their lives and what's happened and why they've gotten to a let me say jaded point. Sylvie never got the chance to live life as a Loki, right? So that's the reason why she's realized she can be different, and that has kind of along with Mobius his belief, his unwavering, ridiculously weird, unwavering belief in our Loki, set that seed in our Loki's mind, which then set the seed in the other Loki's minds, which so we all we all all that to Sylvie, but as far as Elias. I think it was a very clever way to bridge the gap to the last episode because of the history with Eliot and who we think the person uh, overall is. is. And with the Dave mentioned the devil's anus, and then we've joked about um, the Galactus cloud or the Parallax cloud or whatever it is. It was a clever way to kind of make that look cool. Like the coolest part, I think from a visual standpoint is when Classic Loki was building the kind of enchanted Asgard. And then, like, and you saw Elias either destroying it or maybe Classic Loki was getting rid of it as he was going. All I know is that was a great visual. And it both showed how cool Elias could be and it showed how powerful a Loki could be. Because while we know Sylvie probably is the most powerful of all the Lokis, because She's had to teach herself. There, some, there were points in this episode that Classic Loki showed, well, there's a reason why I'm the OG. I'm the old head. Like, you know, um, all due respect. But daggers don't work. It's all, about the, it's all about the sorcery. And, you know, all the things, how he was able to face Thanos and convince Thanos that he was dead and then go to the other world or building the Asgard. Homie had all the power. It's just he didn't have the belief Loki, our Loki, gave him the belief, which is why he sacrificed himself in the end. So I thought that was a kind of a cool m- mixing of moments there.
2: Uh, one thing I disagree with you is I don't think Sylvie's the most powerful Loki. I think the most powerful Loki was classic King Loki, the old guy who was making Asgard as it was happening. Like, without him, they, they that wasn't happening for them. I don't see anybody being more powerful than he was there. At least knowing his powers, powers. just not to reuse the word, but, you know.
3: You I think may be right. Sylvie just,
2: Sylvie, Sylvie just has that ability that is, is specifically needed to beat this boss towards the end of this video game.
3: <laughs> and to your point, you're probably right. But enchantments seems to be, based on what all of them have said, the hardest thing for them to learn. And she figured it out on her own.
2: Sure. Sure. But that doesn't necessarily make her the most powerful.
3: Okay. That's fair.
0: You know, but not like R two D two
1: in the Star Star Wars universe. Oh, know so. gotta it back. i know
2: it. It's like halfway into
0: like, and, he, with and
2: he gets and on, on like us
1: about the devil's play. anus, but then he throws that uh, one back at us. You're
0: you're angry because I'm right, but anyway, well, here's here's the interesting thing about the the juxtaposition that you just pointed out there. Both of them are very very powerful, but they both only use one power. So. Like you don't really see Sylvie use illusion. She's using enchantment the whole show. This, um, you know, classic Loki, his whole power is in illusion. Mm The whole, the whole episode that you see him, everything he does is based in illusion. When they escape from the, the, the brawl amongst other Lokis, he creates illusions of himself so that everybody goes after those. He's the one who removes an illusion that hides the hatch where they're all hiding. Mm -hmm. Um, before before President Loki shows up, and so both of them, I think, show peak manifestations of specific power sets within Loki. Where I and this and I could be wrong, but our I'm just gonna keep calling him our Loki because he's sure. the, the you know our Loki. At the end of this episode, he now can do both. It's yeah. always been about astral projection and illusion. Because uh, this is the guy who battled Thor in the Avengers, and and you know there's a callback when classic Loki's talking about creating a replica that's so realistic that Thanos is fooled. That's Loki has done that twice to Thor. By the time he's landed there, so that's really not an impressive feat, right? To to that Loki, he's done it.
3: Well, Thor's stupid. Thanos is smart. So, and I don't mean stupid in the sense of not smart, but Thor is a very gullible. But yes, your point is still valid, but Thor is extremely gullible.
0: Yeah, for, for sure. Anyway, because being gullible, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I buy
3: that argument entirely, but it's... Thor's okay. been... He's let Loki fool him for 1,500 years, bro. That's gullible.
0: Right, but creating a very realistic illusion that is realistic to the point that it fools a person, like, that that's... I, I think yeah, that's but, happens,
2: but I think to Ray's point, when it happens for 1,500 years, that makes you gullible. And, and, and it, it the least. only
3: person that's been fooled has been Thor.
0: Okay. Anyway. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But not really. Uh, still not comparable to R2-D2. The other Lokis. We got all oh, kinds oh. of manifestations of Lokis. Yeah, I'm, li- I'm dying on that hill and it's fine. Look at the blood
2: run down so, that hill.
0: So much fun to see all these different manifestations of Loki in in this world. We'll start. I mean, we can start with the other the other two three that are with classic Loki when we when we discover with boastful Loki, uh Alligator Loki, and Child Loki, who Child Loki is the leader because he killed Thor. It's pretty dope, uh, but I think everybody's gonna love Alligator Loki. I think you all already love Alligator Loki. Uh, Dave, who's your favorite Loki variant that you saw today
1: or this week? Um, I like classic Loki, but that's just because I, I I like what his, you know, with his power set and the Master yeah, of evolution. What's that? You dig a man in tights, I get it. I do. Absolutely, man. No, I mean, you. I don't I don't think I don't think you can be on this show. Isn't that a prerequisite? You have to dig men in tights if you're on this show. It's it's kind of kind of a given. But I uh, like Rooksman? I like classic Loki. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That that too.
2: Um sometimes when I do the wrestling I wear a stretch of pants.
1: <laughs> I did like um I like kid Loki in the way like you were saying how you know our our Loki questions why is this guy in charge until they tell him why. Well, he killed Thor, and that immediately gets his attention. Like, oh shit, something I couldn't do. I better take this guy seriously, this kid seriously. And 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 I I thought for sure he was going to ask him some. How'd you do it? They never tell you how he does it. And I I figured that our Loki would be curious. Well, how'd you do it? Um, but you never get that. But I think I think classic Loki was just, you know, anybody who can pull off wearing a head headset like that, gets my respect. And 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 I liked him the best out of them. It was cool that we finally got to see president Loki, although we didn't get to see a lot of how he became president Loki and maybe that's coming. But, uh, that, that was the, the, the Loki brawl was a lot of fun. (laughs) where Everybody's just throwing down. But as far as the variants were concerned that I saw, yeah, I think, I think classic Loki was the one for me.
3: Ray. Um, classic Loki probably was definitely the most important. I think kid Loki would be the most important going forward. But, man, I'm partial to Alligator Loki, dog, because it's just so out, out of the box. But I do have one question, and I feel like Chris Platt would be mad at me if I didn't say this. But why the black Loki had to be the one that was crooked? I'm just saying.
0: Because the show is secretly racist and hates all black people.
3: I mean, you said it, not me, dog. I'm just I'm just making. I'm I, I know, questions. but if
0: you could ask for a squirrel <laughs> I'm <not> going <laughs> to give you the answer that you're looking for. You're going to go fish and I'll bite. It's fine, <laughs>
3: No, I just it's just been, hilarious to I've me. Been
0: spending, I've been spending my day watching some of the most racist stuff out there in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Like that's racist as hell. As one of my former staff members used to say, "There ain't a black man in Middle Earth."
3: Facts, I and mean, I'm 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 being facetious, but there is something to that. But it's whatever, nonetheless. Yeah, I, man. Did,
0: I, did, I did find it interesting. That boastful Loki was the one that, that turned
3: out to be the traitor.
0: I, I, and not, I, I just not sure why.
3: Like, I get why. I get why if you're just looking at it strictly on paper. Because there's a possibility that Kid Loki will be with the Young Avengers. That's a very small possibility, but there's still a possibility. We knew Classic Loki was going to have a, a major part at the end of the episode. And the alligator can't talk. So clearly he couldn't have sold, so so you couldn't have sold them out. It was just the four. I think a better question is why did they choose both Loki to be the fourth Loki variant. That's the real question to me. But that's another conversation. But nonetheless, I I, I rock with the alligator dog. I'll get the Funko Pop like the alligator. Sure. Kid, I, I like my uh, guy.
0: Tony Tony, who's your favorite Loki?
2: Your kid didn't get a Funko Pop of alligator Loki cuz Ray got the last one. My favorite Loki was uh president Loki likely I like that little pop in there and everything else so well I enjoyed all the variants right I mean give me more let's see more next episode even
0: yeah well and, and I hope we do too because I think there's there's a lot of there's a lot to do there for me personally I'm with Dave I loved classic Loki and it's really about his big moment at the end um, and the fact that this episode fully developed that character in, in an hour Right. Like we get a We get a character that's basically given up and has this big monologue about how they're they're the gods of what is it like lost, not lost causes. I can't remember exactly how I described it, but like they're like the gods of nothing, like they're they're totally worthless. Like he is so defeated to the end of that episode, yelling glorious purpose as he's being consumed by a that's a beautiful story arc told very tightly in an hour, and just kudos to the casting, kudos to the director and the scriptwriter for doing that because it was very, very well done, and I was very, very impressed. Um, okay, so let's let's get let's wrap this up by talking about the reveal. All
3: right, so before you talk about the reveal, I just want to say I, because I we won't talk about it no more, but when mm-hmm. Loki hugged Mobius, dog, my heart was just full.
0: It a bit. Oh I, my I god. Mobius looked at Sylvie and said, you're my favorite.
3: Listen, he's, I'll he's, tell you what.
2: If I don't get Mobius on a fucking jet ski this last episode, I'm gonna be pissed.
0: Back. Is it weird that he's I wondered back. if Mobius wasn't secretly a variant Loki too? That, now,
2: that, would, that would be a that hell knows, of a
3: twist. Not, not with that nose. That but would you,
0: be
2: a I
3: hell mean, of a twist. Because and and, that, and that would explain why he is so partial to the Lokis. Like, he's so
0: fascinated by him, and he's like, I don't know. I don't think it's a thing, but I would find it adorable if that turned out to be a thing. Like, I'd be like, that of course he was. So, okay. We get to this big reveal. Loki, Sylvie, and actually classic Loki are in a confrontation with Elioth. Through classic Loki's dis- um, distraction, building an Asgard illusion. Sylvia and Loki combine their powers to enchant Eliath. Eliath's miss part, and we see a castle in the distance. Dave, whose castle
1: is it? Whose castle is it, or whose castle does it look like? There's a, a distinction. It, whose castle is it? Whose castle does it look like, if you're, if you're going to be that guy? It looks like Dr. Doom's castle. It looks like Doom's no, castle from Latveria.
0: Not not if you've looked at the, the Nexus Castle of Kangs in some it's, I don't know. I disagree.
1: But okay. It, it could be either it, one. It could be Kangs. It could be Dooms. Uh, I don't, I mean, I would love it to be Dr. Doom, but it's probably not going to be. It's a little bit
3: soon for that. But. See this arm? That's you stretching. <laughs> it's, it's definitely Kang, but that may be Doom Castle he's living in. Because it is the end of time. So maybe just he just took the castle. But it's definitely Kang. There's no way it's not.
0: Yeah, I do think that the castle is an intentional... Marvel does like to obfusc- uh, obfuscate, I mean, Mephisto. Like, they did not talk about Mephisto during WandaVision. You know, they, they never said it wasn't Mephisto. They just never said it was. They're not it's saying like, it's not Doctor Doom. Just not
2: Dave, you're, you're on that track because of the Fantastic Four down the road, right,
1: Dave? Well, I mean, it, we know that's coming. And and I, you know, you could it doesn't make sense to put Dr. Doom in here, but then again, Marvel does things on their own their own time. So But they so don't go Pat, that
2: but,
0: like, go that far right. off the
2: rails, though. So but Pat, so then what is if it's if it's Kang and it's Kang Industries, then what is that leading to? Is that leading anywhere? Does and that have any connection with anything?
0: Chronopolis is Kang's stronghold outside of time because the right, whole but thing.
2: About, as far as what we have
0: coming forward. Oh, it's the Quantum Realm. If you look at the background of the, everything behind it, the, you got to remember that Quantum Mania, Kang is supposed to be the primary bad guy for Quantum Mania, the next Ant Man film. And the the myriad of, like, the rainbow colored background around behind the castle screams Quantum Realm. And so that to me is that this is chronopolis Kang's stronghold in the quantum realm that loki's going to confront and see and that's where oh damn it what happened i froze how long was i out you didn't
1: freeze oh, you, you never, the whole never
0: froze. froze really it looked like then you all looked like you froze on my end which is why i said oh damn it i love technology. clearly
2: clearly everything was fine on our end the whole time and it was our fault <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I'm sure. not saying it was. I thought it was my fault. That's why I was like, why? How long was I out? I apologize. And you trying to turn this shit? Who's, that's some low key level stuff right there. Love yeah. Level, I've been learning. i
2: been learning. Let me enchant you. Happy birthday, Ray. Enchantment birthday.
3: <laughs> anyway. Oh, no, not seizure birthday. Enchantment oh, birthday. My bad. My bad. You got to say it back with yes. like the Teller. Insane commands are in
0: So, yeah, it's Chronopolis. It's, it's in the quantum realm. That at least that's what I see. the The thing that the, the only reason I'm like, nah, it doesn't look like Doom's Castle, is because it's so damn far away. It looks like any castle. Like, it looks like a castle. Like, it could be Doom's Castle. It's dude, it's square.
1: It was the first thing that, that popped into my mind was Doom's Castle when I saw it.
0: Well, that's because, but I think that's that's just Marvel iconer iconography there. Like, we don't think of any other villain really in the Marvel universe. Yep. As as a castle-dwelling bad guy, except for Doom and his castle in
3: Latveria, right? That, like, that was going to be my point. It's the same reason why so many people originally thought that the dragon in Shang-Chi's trailer was Feng Feng Feng. And you're, to your point, it very well may not be, but that's what we know based on the iconog- iconography, as you just mentioned. I can't think of—I didn't even know Kang had a castle. That's the first time I've heard that, and I've read Kang comics. I didn't know that. So—
0: Apparently I haven't read enough Kang comics.
3: Need to go by the read way, all of the research sir by the way isn't kang secretly a richards
0: yeah Nathaniel. so oh. the th- i mean kang kang's original so if we're looking at the origin story of kang kang the conqueror goes back in time to combat the avengers because the avengers are the only thing that can prevent him from 3000 years, like in the year 3000 ruling over time like that's why he goes back cuz the avengers fuck it up what and, and I'll, I'm going to save this for, for the end because I have a theory uh, about why Kang is – what what King's doing and why he's pulling these strings. But, yeah, Kang, I, I think it's Kang. Um, the other thing, Eliath is often connected to Kang. You hinted at it earlier. Kang's girlfriend, whose name – who is? Ray, who, who is Kang's Ravonna,
3: girlfriend? Ravana Renslayer. That's his wife. Ravana
0: Renslayer accidentally released Eliath once
2: thought Dave, I thought it was Margot Kidder.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Only told. in
1: Niagara Falls, in that reality, then, yeah.
2: Bear skin rug.
0: Uh, and that's the other thing, is this episode has a lot of things that allude to Kang um, and have things that connect to Kang that almost kind of like when we were talking about the whole Enchantress theory a few episodes ago, It's it's almost like they're hitting you with a sledgehammer. I just... I can't see it. And, and Dave, to to the Dr. Doom point, to me, I know the MCU takes liberties. I just can't imagine Feige being like, let's introduce Doom anywhere else other than the Fantastic Four.
1: It's highly unlikely. But at the same token, most of the consensus you're out just, there- You're just trying no, no, to be no, contrarian. No, today, no most of the consensus out there no. is that it is not Kang in this castle- and that it's another Loki variant that they're it's, calling King Loki. It's
2: fifty-fifty. It's fifty-fifty.
1: Yeah. Wait, wait a minute, King Loki. Boom. Go online. You will see that's, that's the predominant theory that it's another Loki variant. Here's a thought: What if it's Mobius? What if he's the one pulling the strings? What if he's Kang
3: or something or something different? Oh, oh a, you're really jumping a, out there. Scary, hmm. but, you
0: know.
3: um, and, but and 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 for the record. Uh, Me personally, as a fan, I would prefer that Doom is introduced separately from the Fantastic Four, because I don't need them to be so intricately linked like they have been in the three previous movies. i like to see Doom be, because Doom is 100% linked to the Fantastic Four, but he's way bigger than just the Fantastic Four. You made him your number one in the villain project.
1: We all did. It was unanimous.
3: Exactly. So I, I'd, I'd like to see him be bigger than just those four people. So I'm not saying sure. this is him, but I'd like to see him be introduced separately. Maybe even just give me the lot like we did with King Tachaka. Maybe Laveria shows up at a meeting someplace and he's there. Just give me just allude to him separately from the only reason he's a, a person even involved in the movie sphere is because he hates Reed Richards. Give me something different.
1: If the purpose of Loki is to really further and foster the concept of the multiverse, then Doom is possible, albeit unlikely. I, I grant you that. it It should be Kang. It's probably Kang. I'm not going to be surprised if it's another Loki variant, uh, a much more powerful one, like you're saying, Pat. We don't really realize how strong we are. Um, wow, well, you know, what if this? What if there's a Loki variant that is so, and that would be a Lokiish thing to do. I'm going to create the TVA and then create a bunch of variants of myself to see if they can stop me. That's the kind of (laughs) egotistical narcissistic shit that Loki would do. So yeah, I'm hoping beyond hope doom or Kang. I'll be very happy if it's another Loki variant. I'm going to be like, seems a little late, like lazy booking maybe a little bit,
2: but it wouldn't complete the theme of the story overarching that, you know, the only battle that Loki ever had is with himself.
3: True. And last, and last point, just to piss Patrick off, but I think it this this is worthy of a mention. We the very first episode when Loki was uh saw the video of Miss Minutes explaining how the TVA the Timekeepers created the TVA. It talked about all the mixing, the 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 war of of timelines, and the TVA made the one sacred timeline. Right? We know historically in the comics, Doom killed the Beyonder, took his power. In Secret Wars, I'm, I'm not saying this is doom, but there are just a small few allegories to that possibly being a thing because we know they want to okay. do a Secret Wars eventually in a Battle World. So,
0: so let's let's. What, when did this narrative of I'm gonna piss Patrick off by having a different opinion happen? Like I'm not mad at you. First episode. Uh, the first like, episode.
3: I was uh,
0: on. <laughs> say, like I'm gonna piss Pat off. Blah, 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 blah. Wagon mad,
1: episode you. one. There you go.
0: there it is right (laughs) i just disagree with you um the nexus i i think the thing i i don't think it's somebody creating loki's to see if loki can come get him maybe that's what the the if if it goes that king loki route which yes i have seen that as a theory online as well i think that all these loki's keep getting pruned and removed because loki is so much of an x factor that it just it keeps fucking up what they want, and so it's trying to get rid of Loki's to stop them from 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 messing with the ultimate goal. We're gonna learn next week. We're gonna learn in less than a week. We're gonna learn in three days. Monday, you gotta get through Monday through Tuesday. Ray will be watching it at midnight, and then we'll get his hyperbolic reaction on our Twitter chat. And it'll be the greatest Marvel Cinematic Thing he's seen since the previous Marvel Cinematic Thing he's seen. Because, Ray, you're like that AEW fan who's always asking, Bro, Why bro next Marvel I,
2: cinematic I, got I got
3: cinematic. I got you on the Ray movie? side. Bro, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's Ray. Hey, I'm just saying, you got to love my consistency, right? <laughs>
0: hey, I'm I'm happy you're a fan and I'm happy you're not disappointed. All right, we're going to take our first commercial break and when we come back, we are going to dive into the newest addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The first MCU movie to drop in theaters in over a year, Black Widow. That's all when we come back on Bandwagon Nerds, a part of the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the chairshot.com. we love the Marvel cinematic universe twice so much. We're going to jump back into it and t- cover it twice. Black widow dropped this weekend. Dave has already shared some early projection numbers. And what I would say is the least surprising news bite ever. It is easily going to shatter the record that was set by, I believe F nine, uh, for biggest <laughs> <The> record. box record <laughs> of the quote unquote pandemic era, if you will. Uh, I let's start with this. I did, think three or four of us have seen it. Tony, you did not see it. Is that correct?
2: No, I didn't, but you guys can go ahead and talk away.
1: I was going to say, Which, Pat, Disney I'm just, you, Disney just on, released. i was right. Go ahead.
0: Let me finish. Before we go too much further. If you haven't, if you haven't seen black widow yet, this will not be a spoiler free conversation. So just skip ahead, like 20 to 25 minutes or so 30. If Ray goes on a rant, thirty.
1: All right, Dave. You were talking. Disney just released what? Uh, They just released some additional numbers on uh, on figures that are a little bit more detailed. Two hundred fifteen million, broken down as follows: eighty million at the domestic box office, seventy eight million in international box office, and over. This is big. Over sixty million in Disney Plus Premier Access money. That's huge. I was I was one of that sixty million me too and Ray was too and
0: this goes back to the PC Tunney argument about when to go back to the theater and I thought about it I really did Uh, I I talked to the wife about it talked about taking the little O'Dowd to go see it and at the end of the day like my wife is right this movie I didn't need to see it on a big screen to enjoy it if that makes sense like it has some big action pieces it has some great set scenes but I think the next time I go to the theater, I'm going to go to see something epic. And I think that's actually going to be Dune. I think it's going to be the Dune movie. And so I, um, yeah, I, I just, I, I was like the 30 bucks is what I would spend at the theater to get admission and snacks. So why stay? And so because I, I didn't, um, because I knew that my, the little O'Dowd and I, we spent the 30 bucks and as we've been doing since the pandemic started every Friday night, we've been doing what we call a sleepover. That was the movie we watched for sleepover. And, and so that's how, that's how I went and saw Black Widow. Dave, I think you did the other yep. direction, correct right? went to the
1: theater. We went to the movies. Uh, it's the first time that we've been back to the theaters. I think my wife and I were talking, driving over there. I think since Rise of Skywalker was the last time well, we I'm went soft. to the movies.
0: Such a bitter taste in your mouth, man! <laughs> this is a terrible movie.
1: No bitter taste it, in your it, mouth. It's, I, it's nostalgia for me at this point, man. So it
0: was cashing in uh, on some shitty nostalgia. And then Ray, you are like the best of both worlds, right? Like you've done both.
3: I did do both. Um, the the open secret is that even though uh, the release date is that Friday they start showing it about 5 or 6 that after that evening the thursday. Oh, yeah. thursday so i saw it as soon as i got off work thursday me and, the, me and uh, the kid went to go see it and then i bought it friday now i i know i'm i'm an outlier but i'm a big proponent of spending money on what you supporting what you believe in and i believed in this movie and just the ide- ideology of this big of a movie this big of a of a studio being helmed by a female director and a female lead, and the the arcing about women, and I didn't, I I wanted to make sure I did my part to support this movie, so that this isn't an outlier, and they don't try to brie Larson her and get her out of there. Like this, I wanted this movie to be big in terms of monetary vision, so that we have more of these, because it's ridiculous that it took this damn long to get a Black Widow movie. So that's why I did both.
0: See, if I think I cut you off there a little bit, why don't, why don't you go back no,
1: in there with your just thoughts? Yeah, the theater experience was uh, was cool. I mean, it was uh, we got to go to Studio Movie Grill, sat there, had dinner, had a cocktail. You know, it was it was it was like old times. You know, I, I mean, it felt very familiar. It was it was it was going back to something that that you recall. And um, it, it's it's I don't I would tend to agree with you, Pat. This wasn't like the movie that you have to see on a big screen. Didn't hurt, that's for sure. But uh, as far as you know, which movie was going to drag me out and go back to the theaters? Yeah, the first movie of first movie officially of phase four that was delayed for a year and a half. That hashtag Ray and has released the damn thing already. Um, yeah, I mean, I was this was the one that was going to get us back there, and uh, I I've got no problems with anybody who did went to the movies, did this Disney Plus. I mean, it's all good. I, I tend to agree with Ray. This is, uh, I wanted to support this movie. It's, it's, um, you know, the, the, the women's aspect of things. It was, uh, it was very cool. And uh, yeah, it's, I mean, we're going to talk about it, but I, however you consume the product, consume it.
0: All right. Well, let's just start with this general feelings about this movie. What did we think? What did you think of black widow? Dave, we'll start with you. What was your, just your general feeling about the movie? Did you enjoy the flake?
1: Yes. It's a very good movie, standing on its own. Absolutely, um, my issues are more for the from the standpoint of continuity and, and that sort of aspect of thing. But I'm sure we're going to talk about that. But I thought, standing alone, it, it was excellent. Um, you know, there's a lot of good stuff going on. It's got it's got a lot of all the Black Widow aspects of things that you would want to see. the The subterfuge that she uses in a few places that that's classically portrayed. You get the introduction of some cool characters. Yelena's introduced. Red Guardian's introduced. Uh you get a little teeny bit of her origin story. And then you get a, a post credit scene, which is um which is pretty important from the Disney Plus aspect of things. Not so much not so much the MCU and the movies, but the Disney Plus aspect definitely. So Disney Plus
0: is part of the MCU. It's all an umbrella. So uh, I, we got to get our minds wrapped around that this is all one continuity. Um, Ray, what was your over overarching thought?
3: I thought it was a very good movie. Uh, just like Dave said, standalone. I'm not going to be hyperbolic and say it's the best non-avengers movie out, but it is a and very. That <laughs> it's a very well done movie. Um, I think it was worth the wait, although I shouldn't have had to wait this damn long. But I also think. And we may disagree, Dave, but it it finally tied up loose ends going back to the first Avengers movie. You know what I'm saying? It finally tied up so many things that maybe a lot of people didn't think of or care about, but was kind of floating in the populace, if you will. And forgive me for going, again, a little deeper than just comics, but there's a very rare... And I, I'm not gonna be Drake words because that guy's crazy as fuck. But there really are girls out here disappearing, and so to see them kind of touch on that and play play with it in the sense that is a bit empowering. I thought it was a really cool way to kind of flip that because I don't think they would have done that ten years ago in a movie, if you know what I mean. So I thought that was a really cool kind of flip of the story to give a positive spin on something so drastically terrible
0: right so i agree with you guys i enjoyed the movie it, as i kind of went through like the echelon of marvel films it's kind of where the comp was when dave asked me i put it in like that captain america winter soldier level of good in that it is better than that i think it's better than the median um uh, but is by no means the best thing out there. So, loved it very very much. Um, it is a it is a very worthy addition. I do see why Marvel wasn't overly concerned in terms of continuity where this movie was placed because while it does introduce some so- introduce some stuff, it didn't really feel like it went backwards and we're like, "Oh, well, I guess we know how that happened now." Uh, you know, we'll talk you talked about the post-credit scene yeah, we'd already seen the character who shows up, but really just sort of added depth to that character that we already saw and just sort of showed them, gave us a glimpse into a little bit further of what their machinations are going to be as opposed to, you know, being like, like, I get that it would have been less like, holy crap, look at this big new reveal. But it also then kind of equipped you in a different way because you, if you've watched Captain the Winter Soldier, you're like, Oh look, here she goes again. She is back at it. So um to
3: your point about that, I appreciate that we saw her first in Captain America and the Winter Soldier because she was properly introduced. She said her name. She said who she was. And this one it was more familiar. She you know, Yelena was like, Hey Val, such and such and such. So that would have been lost on a lot of people had we not known who she was and what her intentions seemed to have been. So I, that's the one positive of the flip, I think. Absolutely.
0: Are we I, I, okay? I'm actually going to hold on to that question until we get to the end. So let, uh, let's talk about some things that stood out to us in this movie, um, because this is this is a a film that, oddly enough, is about family, right? And this this idea of family uh, and what it means and. You know, happening because the, we, we learned that this takes place after Captain America Civil War but before um, Infinity. Infinity War yeah. and that this is when Black Widow is officially on the run she is not with Steve Steve is also on the run doing his own thing and she's kind of laying low and so she goes to Europe and comes across a parcel that was sent to her by her sister quote unquote sister and that was an odd time to get an alert uh, with this, with these vials that leads her to Budapest where she meets up with uh, Florence Pugh playing Yelena Belova. Uh, and basically we, we learned that uh, Elena wants to bring down the red room and that she has sent this, this agent off that wipes out brainwashing or at least the brainwashing done by the red room to Natasha and then the two of them are going to work together to bring down the Red Room and they do that with the help of their adopted father and adopted mother. Pretty good story, pretty insular story and we get the introduction of Taskmaster with a little bit of a twist Mm -hmm. uh, that I don't think people necessarily saw. So yeah, what stood out to you all? I guess, Ray, go first. What what started, for what really stood out to you of the movie itself? We'll talk about the after credit scene in a minute.
3: Sure. Um, I'll leave Taskmaster, Taskmaster's twist to after this, but what stood out sure. to me was, so a lot of the rhetoric around Black Widow, not only the movie, but the character was that people were not only disappointed that she died, she sacrificed herself, but that they feel like it was almost an empty sacrifice, right? I know a lot of people don't like Hawkeye and because he went crooked and killed everybody. He should have all this. But nonetheless, I think this movie memorialized her in a very well way and explained her motivations. Black Widow, as this movie explained, was given up by her parents for money. Was and then was brought into the Red Room. If you remember at the beginning, uh, when they were little kids in Ohio and they got out of out of out of America and went to uh, back to the Soviet Union, and they were taking Yelena. Alexi told Nat, you were younger than she was, and Yelena was six, so she had been in the Red Room since she was three, four, five, Perspective, possibly, right? So she had always been in the system, and so that's why that time for both of them, their fake three years was so important, but you'd seen her become jaded because she was old enough to understand it was fake. Yelena wasn't. So she had always explained why the Avengers were such a big thing to family to her. Now, you get that, but you don't until you see this movie, you understand that everything they went through made her realize and come back to the conclusion and take the facade down that you guys really were important to me. This was my family. And you make me appreciate the new family that I've been given because every single place in this movie she goes to, they remind her of how she got out and she was important. Alexi says, you're Avenger. Melina messes with her about it. Yelena does the whole pose joke. You're a poser. And about how she's found this big new family with the big bads, you know, the big God from space who doesn't need to take a aspirin when he has a headache or whatever it is. Right. So it finally kind of explained why family mattered and why she was so willing to give up her life for Clint. Because Clint was trying to get his family back. On top of that, um, you get why she wore that weird-ass green vest. Yolanda gave it to her, and that was an explanation of my love for my sister after what I've gone through. And then I think, on top of that, all we've heard about from the very beginning of Phase 1 in in, uh, The Avengers is what the fuck happened in Budapest and the red in her ledger. And we get that explained. And you see why Black Widow is the way she is, because the red and the ledger isn't the shit she did in the red room. She couldn't help that. She was psychologically brainwashed. The red and the ledger is killing that thinking she killed that poor little girl right. for no fucking reason. So, and to tie that back at the end again, I know we'll talk about Taskmaster here in a minute. But I just see all of these things. I, I'm a person that likes the small details. Like the big shit is cool. I get that. But these are the things that makes these movies that takes these movies and this connective tissue from really, really good to otherworldly, because to have the forethought to have her wear that damn green vest in infinity war. And then you explain it five years later, it's just fucking bonkers to me to these things, you know, and the red and her ledger and how they explain Dracov and why you can't ever find Drake? Uh, well, shit! You, it's just it, that's what makes the the storytelling otherworldly. I think that's why, other than maybe Star Wars, the MCU is unmatched when it comes to connective storytelling across movies. It's it's you you it, it cannot nor will it ever be touched for these little bitty story details like this. Because we went back to fucking 2008 or whatever it was, and we're in 2021. That's it blows my mind how they can think that far ahead Dave.
1: wow i don't i don't know if i can even come close to topping that um so i'm not going to try the things that i i I noticed was uh i liked the fact that they gave they gave taskmaster plenty of time and it wasn't like a crossbones sort of way that they did him dirty in civil war where he's there for like five minutes and then that's it it's like wow that's a really cool iconic villain and you kill them off in five minutes they they give you a lot of Taskmaster, and they stayed true to Taskmaster's powers, although there is, yeah, like you guys have said, a twist. I also like, you know, the stuff with Red Guardian talking about his uh, rivalry of sorts with Captain America and, and how, you know, they they went along and, and they were the respective super soldiers. It does raise some questions. Well, where did he, where did they get the super soldier serum for Red Guardian? Um, how did that come into being? So there's some curious backstory there that that may be very interested but other than that yeah everything that ray said just tying up a lot of loose ends with black widow with a lot of things people have been curious about for a long time um we didn't really get well i mean yeah i think they they touched on what clint's involvement was in budapest but you know they didn't go into too much
3: detail about that they did they did go into in detail okay. they did was Clint he... was sent to keep Clint was sent to kill um Nat. He made a call. And this because I guess Nat was very clearly trying to get the fuck out. And it the her defection to Shield was contingent on her proving she wasn't kind of going against them. Mm-hmm. So she was sent to kill Dracoff. Right. That was kind of her get out. And so that's what the whole remember Budapest was. Right. Because when she killed Dracoff, or thought she killed Dracoff, they had to fight out of the damn city for ten days. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then they were hiding and out in the sewers they, and yeah, you're at air. Ducts. Not only
3: that, but remember but remember in her apartment when Yelena goes, I've never seen a bullets like that. Those aren't bullets, those are arrows. Right. Because they fought all through the goddamn city for ten damn days. So they explained it I been, now they I, have I,
0: even fought each other in there. You don't you don't even know. Like that was true. supposed to be their safe house. So who knows?
3: Let me uh, cut you off, Dave. I'm sorry about that, man.
1: Yeah. No. Nerd check me. I, I appreciate the nerd fact checking, Ray. That's that's fine. So um, yeah, I, it's just those are the things I noticed. I mean, everything else that Ray said, uh, you know, the the concept of family, broken though their family was, it, it's a different kind of family, that's for sure. But it's um you know it's it's a good it's a really good movie a really good story a lot of people like you guys have been saying really wanted to hear Black Widow's story I really thought this was going to be more of her origin story and they really didn't it really wasn't about that it was a a a side no. story a, a parallel story running with whatever's I going on on the road I, to to Infinity War
0: I guess I never really thought it was going to be an origin story we knew who Black Widow was we've had like like there's literally a Disney hub right now on disney plus of every movie that we've had Black woodland i don't think we needed her origin we knew enough we didn't need to know how we got there i i actually like this because kind of what ray said it it filled her character out maybe and maybe for some people it might be too little too late but it does give some depth and meaning to her sacrifice uh i think florence Pugh did a terrific job as Yelena Belova, I think that she's going to be a fun Black Widow in the future, uh, as as we see her in the MCU now. Um, just a just a terrific, terrific. You know, again, good casting. David Harbour was great. Uh, Rachel Weisz is great. Like they just, it was good stuff. It was it was good all around. Uh, the the thing that surprised me, and probably the one thing that I didn't care for too much, that a lot of people seem to like, I don't like. I appreciated that they injected humor into this film. But at some points I'm like, okay, can we stop with the jokes? Like it just if yeah. to me it it's felt Marvel like too Marvel. much. But Marvel Marvel a lot of times cuz I think everybody thinks that every Marvel movie is just like quippy and jokey and, and it's not. Like there are levels. You've got Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor Ragnarok, and then you've got like Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Like like there's layers. And I felt like that was the one layer where it's like, okay, it's getting a little too jokey for me. Uh, That happened in in Avengers Age of Ultron, too. Like, it just got too jokey at one point. It was like everything was a quick, witty one-liner, and it was like, okay, Joss Whedon's out of control. Which we then later learned that Joss Whedon was out of control, and so it all makes sense. Okay, let's talk Taskmaster. Um, Dave, you hit it at it. Do you think Marvel's figured it out and that they don't need to kill every villain after one movie?
1: I hope so. I, I mean, yeah, that would be nice. You know, no killing off Ultron after one movie, one of the most iconic villains that there is. But yeah, I, I think uh, Taskmaster was done was done very well other than, you know, I, not, I'm not saying other than, but with a with a unique little twist at the end there, Um, it, it does it does lead the fact that Taskmaster is there combined with the post credit scene certainly seems to be pointing in the direction of something happening down the line. So I, I'm hopeful that they learned their lesson that hey, you don't have to kill off all your cool villains. You know, save some for later. Have some more backstory on these on these uh individuals. So I'm hopeful, Pat, that they realize that, hey, you know, there, there there's there's more to this than than we need to do. I mean, sure, in some places it's effective, absolutely, but this was one of those situations we're looking, you know, going moving forward, because if there's one thing about Black Widow. It's that, you know, this is not most of the Marvel movies have been about pushing continuity forward. And this one really not so much until the post credit stuff was about pushing the continuity forward. This is like you guys said, filling in gaps, filling in character development on a character that everybody loves, who is now gone. And how do we, you know, maybe it may maybe this movie really was about providing closure for people as far as black widow is concerned. And a lot of people did need that because her death was disturbing in end game. And it really bothered people. So in that respect, I liked it. That taskmaster is looking towards the future and you had that element of it, which there wasn't a whole lot of that in this movie, as far as future thinking until you get right up to the very end and then the post credit. So those are my thoughts on it.
3: Ray well i you. think we I, i'm sorry go ahead i said to you oh i i think respectfully both of you have it wrong taskmaster isn't the villain Dracov is the villain Drake, taskmaster is just a soldier of Dracov, no different than the other widows Dracov was the entire villain of the whole movie loki mentioned Dracov's daughter when he's in the Hulkbuster thing in avengers Dracov is the villain and Dracov dies at the end of the movie so, to your now to speak speak specifically on Taskmaster just the character, I'm pretty sure at this point Taskmaster is either working with Elena and Alexi, but I'd bet money that Taskmaster is on the payroll of Val already, because that is so something.
0: That's that's we're gonna we're gonna speculate the shit out of that. I want you to talk about the okay. character in the movie.
3: Got you. Uh, sorry. Um. Breaks. 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 Pump. 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 Yes. Sorry. 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 Um. Very well done. Utilized, I think, to the right point, because again, it was Taskmaster wasn't the main villain. So it was utilized, I think, to the perfect amount of time. We didn't need to see this villain as much as you saw Winter Soldier because this villain wasn't the villain, um, in my opinion. Also, the twist I loved for this one reason. I've explained to you guys my thought on characters. If if the character's race or Sex is integral to the character. Don't touch him. Nothing about Taskmaster mattered who it was, because you never know anything about the Taskmaster. Hell, there's a there's a version of the Taskmaster, Taskmaster in the comics that can't remember shit past the date. So who who cares who the person is behind the mask? The only thing that mattered to me was that the Taskmaster's name was Tony, and you think that that was a really cool way to kind of. Keep that link there. And man, when you first see Taskmaster, and I guess I can use the correct pronoun now. She is watching the tape of Black Panther versus Hawkeye. And you see the shit going through her eyes, and then you see the widow put download the data. It is great. It's perfect. I think they played that character perfectly, even to the point where they where she mirrors Black Widow in their fight in Norway. Like Everything about it was cool. I even liked the fact that Widow, at the end, realized I need to keep my conscience right and and wipe the quote unquote red out of my ledger, which is something that Russians like to mention, a ledger, I guess, because Alexi mentioned it earlier, too. But to get it out, I got to save her. Even that means I might lose my life. Like That was a cool I just I thought, man, like Tazmaster was done very well, I think
0: all right excellent i agree i think uh, i think it was ter- uh, terrific not terrible um i think that there's very much a winter soldier vibe to her uh and and, and there's a lot of parallels there in terms of not being in control of yourself uh, and and you know being being manipulated and controlled by you know in this case uh one man uh and even more twisting than knife her father Uh, The reason I kept trying to get you guys to pump the brakes on the post credit scene is because anytime a Marvel movie comes out, all it seems like to me sometimes people want to do is talk about the damn post credit scene, Uh, and there was so much more movie to talk about. But yes, this movie ends. We get our second visit from our good friend Julie Louis-Dreyfus as Valentina Allegra de Fontaine um, as she visits Yelena, who is standing at the grave of Black Widow. And basically says to her, I have a mission for you. Clearly, Yelena has been working for her um, and that it's an opportunity to take out the person responsible for Natasha's death and hands over a picture of one Clint Barton. To which the little O'Dowd, upon seeing that, actually said, that ain't even true. Like, that's not that's not right. They both were trying to sacrifice themselves and were fighting over it. And he was actually a little indignant over over the scene. And so got to appreciate the little O'Dowd. I've got my thought. My, my thought is here, I, I wonder if we're not getting the Hydra version of the Avengers, the corrupted Avengers. Because um, if you look at this right now, you're li- you've lined up a Captain America. You've lined up a Black Widow you've lined up potentially a Hawkeye if you wanted taskmaster to go that route, um, or taskmaster just be its own thing. But, you know, Ray, you handed at it and I'll let you go first this time. Uh, what were your thoughts on the post-credit scene?
3: Well, first and foremost, y'all know Hawkeye is my favorite character. So it just gave me a lot of joy that Hawkeye was the first link between the movies and the, and the, the series. Um, There's no question that of the six original Avengers, Widow and Hawkeye got done the least justice because they're the humans. They're the spies and the soldiers. Um, All the other four have had their own movies. Yes, I'm counting Edward Norton's because that was in the MCU. Um, But they all had their moments. So I was very happy for that. And also Hawkeye doesn't have, that we know of yet, the main villain of the series or the main baddie, if you will. So it's good to know that we're going to have some contention outside of the Russian thugs and Kate Bishop's shitty dad. Nonetheless, g- g- what it further means is I think it further proves the point that we're going towards the Thunderbolts. And I use Thunderbolts instead of Dark Avengers because we, all the jokes that they made about Avengers in this movie, Yelena would never allow herself to be an Avenger. I just don't see it. So I'd imagine that they're going to use the term Thunderbolts. We still have Zemo, who, even though he's in a Wakandan prison, maybe with everything that's going on in Wakanda right now, he'll find his way out of there, right? So you just said you got yourself a Captain America. You got yourself um, a Black Widow. You got yourself a Winter Soldier, if you want, and Taskmaster, who could be any number of different roles, right? You got yourself a Zemo, who could essentially be your Tony Stark, maybe without the tech, but Zemo is a mass criminal mastermind. Who's rich? Got money out the wazoo since he's a Baron. So... I think now the next question, one is, how is the Hawkeye thing going to play out? Because with the rumors of Jeremy Renner leaving, will he die? Will he be retired? We know Kate's going to take over, but they use it concurrently, that code name Hawkeye. So will he be done or will they kind of play off of it? And most importantly, who is Val working for? Because she's the manager, but she's not the boss. She's not the bankroll. So that's what I'm really curious to see when we get down the line, and will it be I feel like she's,
0: feel like she's an evil Nick Fury to be honest like that's why that's why I drew the Avengers parallels because she's basically doing what Nick Fury did Facts. with the Avengers and and that's why I think it like to me it fits as it's Madame Hydra and that she's basically like Hydra's like, what if we got our own team of evil Avengers like I'm not talking dark Avengers or like i I think these are good people who are going to be used for bad purposes, a la the Taskmaster. Well,
3: that's the Thunderbolts, that's not, literally. It's
0: kind of, yeah. Dave, to you. First good off, on the post- and then we got to let Tony back in the show. Poor yeah. guy. First the off, I,
1: I agree with Ray that it's probably Thunderbolts. Um, I don't think you get Dark Avengers or Avengers Alternate or whatever you're going to get until Norman Osborn appears. Um, I, I don't think it works without him. But uh I think it's you know, Thunderbolts, you've got Taskmaster, you've got Zemo, he's out there, you've got uh John Walker who was involved, you've got Yelena who was involved in some respects. So they seem to be going in a Thunderbolts direction. I think the significance of the post-credit scene is that this is the you mentioned it earlier that this is all one big continuity, and that was never endorsed more adamantly than here in this post-credit scene, which is pointing right at the Hawkeye series. Not a movie. Every post credit MCU scene from Iron Man to now has always pointed at the next movie or some aspect of a future movie. This points directly at the Hawkeye series, which is the biggest endorsement yet you can have as far as what Feige had said. Hey, these Disney Plus series are, you know, maybe not mandatory, but essential viewing. And now you're almost like, damn, this is mandatory viewing. If you're going to tie in the first movie of phase four, to an upcoming disney plus series and now you know okay the hawkeye series is going to focus on yelena going after clint and everybody's going to be in on that i think that's huge and that that is the biggest endorsement yet for disney plus and and it's you know to steal from the walking dead we now have a much bigger world that we're dealing with and i love that because we've all enjoyed the marvel the disney plus series they've been You know, we knew they'd be good. I don't know if we thought they'd be this good. And and this post credit scene really sets the stage to for Hawkeye to be something truly special. And and I thought that was that was very well done. So, yeah, I I, and what you said earlier, Ray, I think this post credit scene worked better seeing Val first had this come out when it was supposed to come out. And you would have been like it would have been like that that mind worm, Mr. Worm from Shazam. Like, who the fuck is that? Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and so you would have been scurrying to the Internet. Who is this person? And that sort of thing. Having her you knew, OK, this is a Madam Hydra ish sort of thing. We know she's recruited U.S. agent. Now she's recruiting Yelena Belova. Who's she recruiting next? You know, she's setting a team in motion. As to which team it is, that's still up for debate. So those are my thoughts on it.
0: Excellent. And you're going to get more thoughts from Dave and I on Black Widow, and maybe Ray, if we can get him to put pen to paper, as it's going to be this week's nerd review on the Chairshot, um, Chairshot Radio Network, or the Chairshot.com website. So be sure to look for that. That's this week's nerd review. Okay. We're going to take our second commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a lot of other news around the Nerdosphere. Before I jump into commercials, though, we do have to bid farewell to our good friend, Ray Cash. He is heading out to manage real-world stuff. So, Ray, thank you for coming on the show one last time. Happy birthday. Tell everybody where they could find you out there on the interwebs.
3: I appreciate that, y'all. I am at It's Ray Cash. That's R-E-Y as in Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, appreciate y'all having me, like always. I know I'm part of the show, but still, appreciate y'all having me. Those of y'all listening at home, go support Black Widow. Like, it's, it's worth the money, but if you want to continue to see movies of this magnitude and this scope of people that, with all due respect, aren't just white men, you need to support the movies that are different. And this is a very good movie. So go support that.
0: Excellent. All right. And with that, we will take off. When we come back, like I said, we're just talk about a lot of other news around news around the nerdosphere. Specifically, we will start with giving some thoughts on what came out of WitcherCon this past Friday. Now, before we go to our recorded commercials, it is of course my duty to remind you that if you like what we do here at the Chairshot Radio Network, to head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Shot and invest in a pro uh, in a Pro t shirt in a. P- chairshot.com t-shirt. So I got to really stop drinking water.
1: Drink. Yeah, you got to go back to alcohol,
0: Pat. I got to go back booze doing these promos anyway if you head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot you will find all kinds of t-shirt designs over 20 of them that would allow you to show your support to either your favorite show or your favorite podcasting website everything from the OG chair shot logo to a t-shirt for this very show to sayings from various programs such as hashtag save tag team wrestling hashtag journalism and so on and so forth there are two different styles you can choose from. You can get a standard style at $19.99 or if you're feeling fancy, spend a few dollars more and get it soft style. Feel good up there against your giblets. Again, if you love what we do, if you love the chair shot, radio network and the chair the best way you can support us and allow us to continue to give you content daily that's right new content daily head over to pro wrestling tees.com forward slash the chair shot and invest in a shirt invest in us we greatly appreciate it when we come back news around the nerdosphere starting with WitcherCon. con you are listening to bandwagon nerds on the chair shot radio network part of the chair shot.com
3: This is your boy, Kimmy Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechesshop.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything progressing. Make sure you check it out, thechesshop.com.
0: All right, we are back. Welcome back, PC Tony. Thank you for stepping away so we could talk a little Black Widow. I hope we didn't ruin the movie for you.
2: I didn't hear a thing.
0: There you go. You're going to see it tomorrow, right? Tuesday.
2: Yes, five dollar Tuesdays. It's a reason to go oh. back to the theater.
0: Excellent. Now, do you get to pick your seat, or is it just get there and uh, free for all?
2: Um, I think you can. It depends. I it's, it's been a while since I've been to the movie theater, but on the really like the Star Wars releases. Yeah. You know, you're, you're getting an assigned number where you need to go, and you're basically picking out ahead of time. When you go to the box office there, I think you can tell them. Otherwise, if it's a movie where they're not expecting more than half capacity, it's like, here's your ticket. Uh, third movie on the right.
0: Excellent. Okay, so there was another major event that happened, at major, at least to us, like the three of us, because it circled around a show that we reviewed on the bandwagon, Netflix. Basically, they did their own sort of virtual convention surrounding The Witcher, uh, called WitcherCon. And, you know, I, I shared out the the schedule and and some of the highlights. Like, they made a, a, a whole day out of this. I think the two big things that came out of it for us is we did get a couple of trailers. We got a trailer for the anime prequel series for The Witcher, The Witcher Nightmare of the Wolf. Uh, and we got our first extended look at season two and a release date there uh, reactions to I, I shared the trailer with you guys it looks like we're gonna get a lot of uh a lot of bonding between Geralt and uh drink because I forgot her name Ciri Circe
1: Ciri Cirilla hey, Siri. Cirilla I think Cirilla. we call her Ciri right? oh, not, not
2: serum not <laughs> serum Cira
1: ah uh, I thought it was Cir- Cirilla Cirilla wasn't that her name?
2: I don't know. I just watched the trailer about i don't know hour and a half ago.
1: had boy my man Can't my man how I'll many- drink. how many drinks are yeah drink drink honey
2: oh i not that many <laughs> i didn't drink i didn't <laughs> come on now
0: I will say this good news um Yennefer did make an appearance, but we barely saw her uh and it looks like she um a little out of it when
1: we, when we get her back. Yeah. Not, not surprising. I, I mean, the biggest part is the release date, you know, the December correct. 17th or something like that. So it's like birth- December 17th, yeah. birthday correct. present. Cause my birthday is the day before that. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to see it back. I, you know, getting an extended look, you're right. It is developing the bond between Geralt and Siri, I think is her name. I don't know. We're, I'm just going to call her that. <laughs> I'm going to call her that for now but I like the fact that she's saying, so I'm Siri. your C I R
0: I. Yeah. Yes. She's
1: saying, so I'm your destiny. And he's like, Oh, you're much more than that. And, and you know, the the bond in it and Geralt's sense of responsibility for her, even in this short trailer is very palpable. And, and you could tell that this is what he has to do. He's got to protect her at all costs. Um, cause he's, I forget what the word they used in the series was, uh, something, indebted not indebted it's something different i know but um yeah it's it looks like it's going to be more of the same and possibly better and yeah you did get to see yen at the end there and she does look like we expected she you know not not in a good way she's seen better days yes absolutely but no surprise that she's there she's going to be a focal point of season two uh it's going to be curious as to how quick they bring her back and whether it's the first episode or three episodes in or whatever it's going to be. But, yeah, I, I'm ecstatic, ecstatic that it's back. The animated one looks looks interesting. You know that that's for sure some backstory. But I mean, just the fact that WitcherCon is a thing uh, was shocking to me because I know the video games have always been big, but and the books have been big. But I can't imagine this is a thing without the success of that series.
0: Yeah, I think there's something to that. I know the games were quite popular. I've I've never played any of them. I still I one of them came with my uh with my PlayStation 4. Like it was one of the games that came with it. I've yet to play it.
2: I I've seen I've seen a lot of the Witcher games. They're all pretty spectacular. So the story is a little bit different as as told from the books and the video game. I think the video game follows the books pretty closely with with a few variations but obviously anytime you get this kind of story put on on tv or streaming you're going to get some variances in that story but it looks great yeah i besides like the highlander of uh, scene with him on the roof just kind of wailing the sword around around nobody you know kind of working out right. up there um you know your your ymca captain america shield training video uh it looks pretty good
0: yeah, we still don't get a lot of information as to what it's going to be, right? Like, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but that, think, to me, isn't a bad thing.
2: I think the the thing I'm going to miss uh, most is uh, what is his song color or. Um, oh, the Bard. J- the Bard. J- I bet he the bard. Comes he's he's,
1: he's going to come back. Come he's on. Gotta you know come he's going to come back.
2: Well, I mean, I'm just saying that was like one of my J- Jacks or whatever his name is J- Jaxer or
1: something. Jasper. Yeah. Jasper.
2: Jasper. I don't yep, know if he yep. can
1: follow up. Uh, th- toss a coin to your witcher. That was a pretty big hit, so he's got his work cut out. Well, hey, either I mean, you're uh, uh, ice, ice ice baby, baby here, or you're it. not.
0: Um. Okay, so I always ask this question when a Netflix series drops because unlike other other streaming services we're going to get this all in one batch. Now we of course are going to, are going to cover it episode by episode because I'm an old man and get off my lawn. And I like us to focus in on one at a time. Old man yells at cloud, all of that stuff. But David Ungar, PC Tony, how will you watch season two of the witcher? Dave? I
2: go, ahead, oh, Tunney, go, ahead, PC. go. I think I bet you, Dave and I have the same answer. Uh, I,
1: if it's, if it's going to be reviewed on this show, which I assume it will be, then I'll probably do it week to week and, and not binge it. Um, I'm, I'm like you, Pat, I prefer to do it the week to week sort of thing. Watch it at my own pace. It's easier to d I'm not big on binge watching. Cause I, I can't sit in the same place for five hours at a time. It, unless it's pro wrestling and I'm at WrestleMania and then you're stuck there for 12 hours, <laughs> but oh, you know, the, there you go. I, no.
2: And I don't think necessarily binging something means you're sitting down and like your ass doesn't move for five hours. It's basically like, Hey, I'm going to punch in today and I'm going to put nine good hours in here and I'm going to probably watch eight episodes and I'm going to make lunch and I'm gonna go to the bathroom and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to stretch. And yeah, I mean, I, I like doing it both ways, but like I said, Dave and I'll have the same answer. If we're going to go episode by episode, then it really helps to just watch along with the rest of the brethren
0: excellent excellent call I, I'm with you guys I will probably actually you know what I'm gonna tell the truth that's probably a lie I'm going to crack at some point I know I'm gonna cave like there's gonna come an episode where they're gonna leave something off and I am going to be sitting there it's gonna be like two o'clock on a Saturday morning and I'm like I should go to bed but you know it looks really good so I might be the one who caves just just full disclosure we also got that. Uh, we got that other trailer for the for the anime. Uh, I don't know how long that series is going to be. The Witcher: Nightmare of the Wolf. It's a prequel of the uh, the previous Witcher or a previous Witcher to Geralt. Any interest at all in catching this? What are what are our thoughts? Uh, it comes out August twenty third. I've seen a I've seen a meh face from from Tony, so I'm thinking we're zero for one there. Um,
1: I don't know. Do we need it? Need it? No. But I'm interested in it. I, it it uh, from the trailer, it's hard to really grasp a whole lot of what's going on. But it's the Witcher universe. It's going to be a prequel. It'll it'll expand the world. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm probably in at some point to check it out.
2: <laughs> is it the Witcherverse now? Is that what it is? It's the like everything has its own universe, right? That's like right. it's like the Witcherverse. Yeah. That's right. That's
0: why I like that. I call it the nerdosphere for us. Like we're the we're the nerdosphere. We're, no, we're not a we're not a universe.
2: We're a galaxy.
1: Yeah. There
2: you
0: go, Tony. The... So you're a no.
2: Uh, I yeah. I mean, it's probably <laughs> not gonna happen. It's probably not gonna happen. I'll be honest with there'll you. There'll
0: be a, there'll be a new cooking show that comes out on that's the twenty third. Right. anyway. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Uh, that's
2: right. Cooking with Selena on HBO Max. There you go.
1: Cooking with Siri. There. Cooking with Siri. There you go,
0: Tony. You'll you'll appreciate this. I was trying to explain to the little Odal the joys of Iron Chef. Do you remember the Iron Chef?
2: Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of
0: Iron Chef, but yeah, I do. Dude. I wasted many a drunken night in college watching that beautiful, beautiful, bizarre show.
2: I am a a Ramsey guy, so there you go. Take
0: that for what it's worth. Fair enough, fair enough. I used to watch the OG Iron Chef, uh, the ones from Japan in the early 90s. That was some good stuff.
2: What? Harimoto
0: for the win. Yep, Morimoto.
2: Morimoto, sorry.
0: Morimoto, Hiroyuki Sakai. Yeah, I remember them all. Masahiko Kobe, loved those guys. Iron Chef always won. Always. There must won.
2: be a there. Must be a Balaz lurking somewhere.
1: <laughs> um, I see I some salt water mean, somewhere, I, Tony.
0: I was not able to I catch. But shut salt water out. all the time. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm gonna ban that from this show for the for the love of God, Dave. Like we don't we don't need. I didn't play we it. Need that. I know you didn't play it, but you certainly provoked it. You're acting like you're not part of part of the problem, sir. I don't know if either. Totally one of part you... of a
1: problem. Anyway, it's a total so,
0: here, here's the thing. I tried to look at some of the like what else they had for the they had some panels. I kind of wish that it hadn't aired on a Friday. Um, cause I, I would have liked to have checked some of this out. Like they had a pretty robust panel with the cast or members of the cast, including, um, you know, your favorite man on the planet, Dave, like they, they had some, some time with, with your boy, Henry Cavill. You could have, you could have. <laughs> bro spotlight conversation with Henry
1: Cavill. You missed it. Didn't you, bro? I didn't even know this was going on until you sent the trailer. If <laughs> we're, Doing full disclosure here, I had no idea there was a Witcher Con that existed or it was even happening. What's funny
0: is I reminded you all about it like two weeks ago.
1: Oops, I know. two I weeks didn't, ago, I,
0: man. I didn't. I didn't say that anybody was expected to watch or anything like
1: that. You it would have been don't watch It, your- it would have been cool to check it out. Sure, yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. It just nice. like other things going nice. on. Hey,
2: hey, hey, hey Henry. What what do you think the differences are between like The Witcher and Superman? Yeah.
0: Hey. You remember that time in The Witcher?
2: <laughs> Best oh dude.
0: Chris call, Barley and Paul the,
2: McCartney, greatest buster? interview ever. Remember that time when you're on the Beatles? That was awesome.
0: Awesome. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So, more to come on that. Very excited. I'm just happy to be finally getting some Netflix release dates. We got two of them here. We got December 17th for season two of The Witcher. We will definitely be covering that here on the bandwagon. To wrap up the ner- news around the Nerdosphere today, though, Dave, we're going to the trailer park. So, I need somebody to hit the music so that we can go to the trailer park one more time today. excellent excellent back in the trailer park there were i I can't get enough marvel this week you guys i can't and marvel and disney plus in its infinite wisdom did drop trailer for its next show the what if animated series hosted by the watcher himself uatu first time we've gotten an incarnation of uatu in this in this run of marvel but what if is is a popular series of comics that that comes out periodically by marvel where they just ask questions like what if tony stark never became iron man what if dr doom had gotten reed richard's powers what if betsy ross had become the hulk questions are betty not betsy betsy ross she was she was big on flags Uh, (laughs) um
2: tear that flag up as she grows
0: but betty on the other hand what if betty ross became the hook and here i'm gonna give my first impressions is this the animation looks beautiful um i love that it's that they managed to get a lot of voice actors who were who actually played the characters in the live action mcu including chadwick boseman this is the last time you will hear Uh, chadwick boseman in the the t'challa role in the black panther role as there is a what if t'challa was picked up by yondu instead of star lord instead of um, peter quill um and i love it because there was all this like speculative stuff but i still don't really know what we're getting what what if peggy carter becomes captain britain instead of steve rogers becoming captain america that that's the one that sticks out of my head, and the one that I just listed with T'Challa and
1: and Yondu. What Did Dave, what she does call you call her Captain, uh, Carter? Uh, Captain, Captain Carter? Captain Carter. Yeah.
0: Carter. Yep, Captain Carter. It's,
2: it's Dave, What do
1: you
0: think of this trailer? And what did you think of the What If comic series?
1: I love the trailer. I you know I I was curious as to what the series would be about, and after watching the trailer for all of one minute, I'm I'm in completely because I, I want I'm really curious which of the i mean the what if comics i didn't read a ton of them i read some of them um because they're really not connected to any sort of continuity per se and it, it's clear that this animated series is going to be more of that but they um the stories that they're telling are, are fascinating and, and yeah like you mentioned it, it's it's it is kind of one last chance to hear chadwick in the role of black panther before that's gone so maybe that provides you know we've talked closure with black widow earlier maybe that gives somebody some of us out there a little bit of closure probably not but at the same time it'll be cool to see what they do with that and some of the stories i mean the the killmonger and tony stark thing was was really cool i I like seeing that the uh quill or black panther yondu situation peggy carter there's a lot and I'm curious what other stories are out there that they didn't that they didn't tip their hand to and say, well, we're not going to show zombie. you everything. What's that?
0: I'm ready for Marvel zombies. Th-
1: th- well, there was it did they're look like there. there were. Yeah, they're, they were there. there. They the zombies were there. Are in there. I'm, I'm excited
0: for that. Yeah, yeah, that'll, I love
1: that'll be cool. Um, it, It's a good show to run parallel with what I mean, because like yesterday after we got done with Black Widow, I took a look at the superhero movie release calendar. It's loaded for the next year and a yep. half. And so it's the Eternals next, right? Uh, Shang-Chi. Well, I think what? Suicide Shang-Chi, Squad. The Eternals? Yeah. Suicide Squad. We're talking overall Suicide oh, I'm Squad. Yeah. Marvel. Yeah. Marvel, we're talking about, yeah, Marvel Shang-Chi uh, Eternals and then Spider-Man with, I think, Venom thrown in there as well for, for good measure, uh, which isn't MCU, of course. But but yeah, it, it'll be a it'll be a fun show to watch, to have something to do at home while you're waiting for the movies to come out and just to kind of keep you engaged. And I think this is a great show for that, that you don't have to worry about what continuity does this fit in? What universe doesn't matter. It's all fictional. It's just speculative fun scenarios. So I think it's a, it's an excellent show and a great way to follow up, you know, Loki ends next week. This will start up shortly thereafter. And it's going to be fantastic. Tony
2: so while we've gotten all these new series from disney and they're all one-off series right this is something that i think is going to go on and have seasons because there's so many different stories you can tell and i think every story is going to be case open case closed by the end of the episode maybe you'll have a two-parter here and there but it'll be each story told within and of itself so you wouldn't necessarily have to be able to keep up with the storyline you could go pick and choose and watch each story on its own and i really like that i think it's a great concept it's the what if is is amazing so the favorite thing for me though in what we have going on today we got one more trailer that's going to be animation as well and we talked about the, the animated witcher series is the way animation is portrayed and displayed deeply in each of these series that we've talked about and i really like the fact that it's almost real life animation as in they're trying to not be too cartoony, but like very human in the portrayal of what's going on in the what if series. So this is something I'm definitely going to watch and I'm really looking forward to it.
0: And it's, um, it's a good segue. You mentioned that we're going to keep talking about other animated films. Disney was busy this week. They also released a teaser trailer for their next animated feature um, titled Encanto, um, which takes place in Colombia. Uh, and is about a young woman who is a member of a family where every member of the family has some sort of magical ability or superpower uh, except for her. And that's that's really basically the crux of the, of the trailer. You don't get too much more than that other than to see kind of the various powers. Uh, Stephanie Beatrice, is is the voice of of the main character here um it, it looks like disney um some people are speculating as to whether she's a disney princess i don't know if that's where disney's going there She is definitely a female disney and our uh, protagonist um but you know it looks it looks cute Looks cute and looks a lot of fun, uh, and looks like it's going to be another one of those sort of Disney flicks where, you know, you're you're finding you're finding yourself when you're just a little bit different from those around you. Um, Sunny, Dave went first in the last trailer. Your reactions to Encanto?
2: I I thought the visuals that were created from whatever concept they're going for and their background was excellent. Right. It's really a crazy kind of like uh, rainforest kind of jungle ish kind of background setting with different animals and things of that nature, very frontierish and things of that nature. But it just goes to show you it's, it's more of a lesson like we talked about before with Loki a little bit too. It's like, there's something special about you regardless, right? Even if everyone in your family has this certain thing, well, you have your certain thing, right? And we're we're all kind of finding that out, too, as I'm catching up on Umbrella Academy, and you guys are catching up on Doom Patrol. The, the main message about a lot of this stuff, and you even go to wrestling and, and look at Nikki Cross and Nikki Ash now, almost the superhero, right? It's like, figure out what you love about yourself, and then put that best foot forward and that's going to be the best, most special version of you. And maybe that's what makes you super regardless of whether or not you have a superpower. So it's a great message. It looks freaking really cool. I think this is a movie that I probably won't end up seeing until I can stream it or whatever, but it would be fun to watch in 3d. I think the animation and the way they've portrayed it, uh, in a film style looks really, look really cool.
1: It, um, I, I trailer looks a little different, that's for sure. I am not saying good or bad. It's uh it's a different kind of movie. It's funny Tony mentioned Umbrella Academy cuz I got watching it I was thinking Vanya, you know, somebody who thinks that they're just completely without any sort of gifts, but then by the end realizes, "Hey, I do have this great gift." Now, I don't expect the protagonist to be manipulated by somebody like we saw Vanya in Umbrella Academy, but I expect at the end of all this it's somebody who Maybe her powers develop later on a la Invincible, that sort of thing. But, it, you know, it, it looks like the typical Disney film, Pat, like you were saying, where you're just a little bit different from those around you. And how do you react? How do you fit in? How do you accept and love yourself uh, without the affirmation of those around you? Even though it seems like those around her are very supportive with the, uh, the interesting fruit basket or whatever the hell it was that was being given to her. That was kind of funny. Yeah, that was fun. But
2: that, that was the. That was the special fruit basket for right. her because she's not special, though. By the that's way, that's
1: right. That's right. <laughs> so here's your non-special special fruit basket. Um, I I don't. It's probably one I'll wait to see on streaming as well. It's uh, it does have that Disney Princess vibe to it, which is okay. Not exactly my cup of tea, but that's all right. Doesn't have to be. It looks like it's going to be fun for a lot of people out there, and that's the most important thing. Who gives a shit what I think?
2: I would imagine the cash.
1: That's right. No one cares.
2: I would imagine the cash girls will have an opinion on this movie.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure the O'Dowd child will see it as well. Um, I, I fold, I I think it's no secret. that part of the reason why some of these movies make the trailer park is because as a parent, I have a parent of a, of a young child. Like I have a vested interest in a lot of these. Go ahead. But it.
2: but at the same time, think about how we all grew up, you know, and and oh, yeah, how important animated films are. So you never know when the next one is going to be the next Nemo, the next Lion King, the next Aladdin. Right. And so on and so forth. So
0: very true. Well spoken. The last film on, that we're going to talk about here in the trailer park, though, the little O'Dowd definitely will not be seeing right away as we get a trailer for a prequel to the Kingsman series titled the Kingsman*. So for those of you who don't remember, the Kingsman was a, it's a pair of movies starring Colin Firth and, um, oh gosh, what was his, what is his name? Um, Edgerton. Um, I can't remember his, I gotta look it up now. Damn it. Um, but basically it's this, it's kind of like the Avengers. um, Actually, I don't even think that's the right way to describe it. They're they're like super spies in Britain that you know kind of work behind the scenes independently across the globe. Taron Egerton, that's who I was trying to think of. That um, that are busy kind of maintaining world peace. And this is an origin story. These. Of how the Kingsmen are formed. These movies, for those of you who haven't seen them, uh, I I love because they don't take themselves very seriously at all. They're over the top, violent, yet done with sort of a level of British sophistication about it. Like you watch Colin Firth beat the hell out of a bunch of people in a church. But he does it very classily and in this version instead of colin firth we get ourselves ray fines fine fine actor and we get Jimmer avaton who i haven't seen in forever in a movie um but she uh, she's she's back in this one and a young man by the name of harris dickinson who is kind of the the young guy being brought in to the kingsman this movie takes place during world war one uh and Just looks like a fun little action ride. It's brought to you by Matthew Vaughn. He both wrote the screenplay and is directing it. It's based on a comic by Mark Millar. Hell of a hell of a writer. Dave, one, have you seen either of the Kingsman movies? And B, do you have any remote interest in a prequel without the original cast?
1: I saw the first one. I did I really like the first one for some reason I just didn't get around to seeing the second one although I think we might actually own it. If we do, I'll have to sit down and watch it. Uh I I would be interested in the prequel. Sure. I thought the first one was fantastic, very good. Uh lots of fun. The church scene really stands out as you mentioned. Uh, I'm not uh, and I I can't comment on the second one obviously I didn't see it but I'd like to. Um it, it looks good. The series if it's anything close to what the first one was, then yeah, I would be interested for sure. So
0: yeah, I think I think like I said, it's it's this interesting blend of just sort of of humor and Matthew Vaughn I think has has done a terrific job with this series and, and I think this is going to be a movie that's that's worth checking out and I hope folks do give it the time of day I think and this I'll, I'll just keep sure what are we we've we've maligned Star Wars prequels in the past but when franchises go to like prequels, does that red flag anything for either of you? Cause sometimes for me, it does like, and I'm like, Oh, what are we doing here?
1: Go ahead, Tony.
2: It almost makes you feel like they feel like they didn't tell the story. Right. and Didn't explain it enough to you. Right. Um, the only thing that got me that make me want to maybe check this out is the world war one um, interfuse background But yeah, I mean, unless people are dying to know what was going on when they saw what happened originally, you're, you're, you're really kind of telling everybody, uh,
0: oops.
1: (laughs) What do you think, Dave? Uh, It, it really, it really depends on the story you're trying to tell. And, and I think like there's some, there are some franchises, like you look at the Star Wars prequels, that, that was something that I didn't think was so much like we fucked up as. Hey, we got something else to tell. People are fascinated with Darth Vader and how he started. So we're going to tell his story.
2: Um, can, can can we sidetrack for two seconds? I want to ask you guys a question and you don't have to get down and dirty with it if you want to. But do you think Star Wars would have been better off giving you the next three first before they gave you the three beforehand?
1: Who, uh, you know listening back to that star wars showdown that we had episode recently you know it was we talked a lot about how if george lucas hadn't got burnt out and stuck to his original vision and and i think if you don't have that massive gap in time of what 12 13 14 years between jedi and phantom menace yeah i think
2: Blame it on Howard the Duck.
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm going to blame it on. But if you, if you had gone straight from like Jedi and then three years later you did Episode Seven, which would not have been The Force Awakens, it would have been something different entirely. Then I think it would have worked more effectively. Uh, I think by the time they got to where they were, Tony, they they had no choice but to go backwards, you know, and tell tell Vader's origin story just because of of where the original characters were age-wise commitment wise things like that so that's my take on it i don't know what pat thinks
0: yeah i always i've always struggled with it because you already know who the character becomes with with a prequel and i think that kind of gets to what you were hinting at ta- uh tony a prequel is hard to do well and and be a good story that doesn't feel like uh why are we really here and why are we doing this sort of scenario is it because people didn't understand the original product is it you know is it what is it that there's a character that's compelling and we want to see how, see how they became who they were do we wanted to see like as George Lucas said that it, you know Anakin Star- Skywalker's story is supposed to be a tragedy right like we're supposed to feel for him um and do people want to see that tragedy unfold and so it does make it really really difficult um, and i also think it's just tough for an audience to kind of mentally get behind that right like they're like we want to always, we kind of want to know what happens next we don't really very often want to go back uh and see how we got there once once you've established your base you move forward from the base you don't kind of go backwards and do it so yeah i don't i don't know i i think i've always Sort of like I feel like if he was going to do it and we did it in order, that 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 probably would have done better for the prequels, in in Star Wars's case. Personally, that's that's kind of the way I feel. So, at least,
2: but at least we never did a prequel.
0: That's true. We never we never saw how Commandant Lasard came to power, and we needed to know what was going to happen. But um, all right, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Trailer Park let's get on out of here is mayonnaise an
2: instrument want to go jellyfishing what am i supposed to do all day while you're at school can i use your bathroom who's your friend what does claustrophobic mean
0: (laughs) you know what the problem is Okay, so by the time this episode drops, there is going to have been a fun little documentary series that I shared with you guys in our chat uh, over the week that I'm interested in catching uh, Sunday night on uh, ESPN, CNN. Uh, I'm assuming since it's CNN, it'll get replayed to no end, but it is a documentary series called The History of the Sitcom, uh, and it's going to take a look back at i think it's something like 50 years of american situational comedy uh in a documentary a couple of the big questions sort of floating around are are we going to touch cosby are are we going to are we going to talk about Bill cosby because there's no denying that was the biggest sitcom of the 80s but that's not my question to you two because one of the things that they were doing is they had a poll up asking their twitter followers to tell them which sitcom from the nineties they liked better Seinfeld or friends. And that's not my question to the two of you. My question to the two of you, what was your favorite sitcom of the nineties? Seinfeld.
2: Seinfeld. I hated Seinfeld. I, I did a fucking backwards two part, fucking three part podcast dedicated to Seinfeld. Yeah. Easily. Uh Definitely. I mean, the Friends Reunion thing was cool. It did Cheers went into the 90s, didn't it? Um, like Bad About You. But yeah, Seinfeld is that era's sitcom. Uh, you, you can't deny how funny that fucking show was. I mean, I, I'm sorry. And the funny thing is, though, I find people that are even only three, four years younger than me and more not connect with it at all there is definitely a line in the sand age wise um but you got you got a whole bunch of great sitcoms in the 90s I mean you got Will and Grace you, it's all NBC you got Will and Grace you you got Mad About You you got Seinfeld Friends starts there Cheers carries on Frasier Frasier's fucking amazing uh,
0: yep Frasier was a great show
2: Home Family Matters uh, Family Matters I believe Home Improvement um just great, great, great time for sitcoms.
1: Dave? <laughs> I'm actually looking online to see which ones came out in the, in oh, the 90s. Like, did I, s- I watch when uh, I was
0: you, in my 40s? The
1: one that stands out, I know it came out late Martin. late in the Sorry, 90s. Sorry,
2: Martin? Martin yeah. as well? Martin? My bad, Dave. Martin. This one Martin. came out,
1: I don't know if it started in 98, I'd have to look it up, but that 70s show was my absolute favorite sitcom that came out at the very end of the 90s um and carried over for eight seasons that's my favorite because seinfeld i like i like seinfeld a lot it just you know some of the humor was so dry and they were so (laughs) it was just so sarcastic laden with everything that they did and said that uh sometimes it kind of grated on me friends was good i think i if i had to choose friends or seinfeld i'd probably go with friends but um yeah, That 70s show was the one that really just, I always loved that show and, and the cast and and, and uh, the, the dad and the mom and Eric's mom and dad. They were, they were my favorite parts of that. So that's, that's like the show when if they're all on it, to say, if they're all showing, I'll stop and watch that 70s show and not just flip past it. Red,
0: Red and Kitty.
1: Red and Kitty. Yes, absolutely. So
0: first of all, I'm going to go to the judges and see if if they if this counts as a sitcom cuz i think it kind of depends on on your view but in the 90s it was at the height of its power for a long time and that was the simpsons oh yeah uh, that's that sitcom. was that was yeah, that yeah. was a appointment That was appointment I, television in the 90s
2: i i, I you can wax poetic about the simpsons all day and yes 100% i just kind of to me they are the university of wisconsin louisiana state university retired from the playboy party list kind of thing for me
0: nice nice um uh content creator show creator this uh this sitcom started in the late 90s and went through the early 2000s um spin city with oh, michael j fox richard kind yes. created and by bill charlie sheen. Yep, and then charlie sheen um was was another one that i enjoyed i i too enjoyed Frasier quite a bit uh, Roseanne started in the eighties, wow. but went through the nineties as well. And as a kid growing up in the Midwest, middle-class, like Ed, you know, hard edged family that just was just hard on each other, but loved each other. Uh, wasn't, was a, was another big one for me. Um, in the great friends and Seinfeld debate, uh, I didn't really watch either show. Oddly enough, I wasn't, I wasn't really huge into either of them. So I, uh, I will say no, but, Take a look at your local listings. I think this might be an interesting, interesting
1: um, documentary. One more, Tony, you got one more.
2: Yeah. Fresh bel Air.
0: Oh yeah. You can't deny the fresh principle.
1: Doogie Hauser, man. You gotta give NPH some props, man. That was he, with I, his, I, his friend Vicky and his girlfriend Wanda.
0: <laughs> so yeah, excellent, excellent stuff. Check out. The history of the sitcom, I'm assuming CNN will run it over and over and over again. They tend to do that with their little documentary series. I, well, I, I got to run
2: some of these. I the got to No, one. I got to I got to just run some of these down. We're missing. Okay. Throwing pains, dinosaurs, the critic. Um, you're not it's liking states, that. Saved by the bell. Third rock Boy meets world. Third hold rock. on. Third rock wings. Full house. Married with children.
0: Oh yeah. Married with children. How did I, how do we leave that one? On? Um, the tale of the wonder Strangers, And I'm done. The wonder years was another one for me. Fred Savage. I used to watch We're that. All of
2: all of them. So, and Boy Meets world. Of the hill.
0: Yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of bandwagon nerds. Well done fellas. Um, before we go, before we get out of here, why don't we tell everybody where to find us quickly on the socials, David Ungar, it's your turn to go first today.
1: You can find me on twitter at attitude ag that is at attitude agg and on facebook.com slash attitude of regression
2: uh, you can find me at pc tunny on social media you can also find me watching everybody loves raymond you can find me watching sex in the city you can find me watching the drew Carey show night court etc etc great question
1: but will you be watching Fern Gully? that's the important question tunny
2: fuck no happy birthday ray but Fern Gully is just not my jam <laughs>
1: You can follow me at
0: Wrestling Realist on the Twitter. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. This is the second part of your double dose of Patrick and Dave, as you caught me earlier this morning on Chair Shot Radio. You can also catch me on Wednesdays with Greg DeMarco and Miranda Morales on the Babyface Heel podcast. Also, follow the show on Twitter at Bandwagon Nerds, exactly as it's spelled. We've got a... Much to my reluctance, polls going up right now, comparing our drafted superhero teams where my team is going to go oh for the round robin because I didn't draft to pick a team of who would win in a fight. I'd pick a targeted team for a specific purpose. you know, I made
1: a team the two the two head nerds of the show getting routed by these bandwagoners it's fine, you know we're we're just higher thinkers. Exactly. Hey, Thank hey you, guys. Patrick.
2: Last last thing I want to say is we forgot Blossom.
0: Whoa! Oh, Jesus! All right. Thank you, everyone, again for listening. That has been this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Now get yourself out of the basement, get some sun, and check out Black Widow. Support your movie theaters. Support women in cinema. Thank you very much for listening. This has been Bandwagon Nerds on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot dot car
3: Trying to save your life, you idiot.